0: Welcome to Value-Based Care Insights, brought to you by Lumina Health Partners, a national healthcare consulting firm focused on improving the strategic, financial, and operational performance of provider organizations. On this program, we will explore trends and share valuable insights on how health systems and medical groups can optimize their performance to meet the demands of this increasingly complex healthcare environment, and shift to transform the delivery of care. Value-Based Care Insights is hosted by Daniel Marino, Managing Partner of Lumina Health Partners. Daniel has been in the industry for over three decades and specializes in shaping strategic initiatives for organizations in areas such as population health, clinical integration, physician alignment, information technology, and data analytics. For additional insights, visit luminahp.com and sign up for our newsletter. Dan, over to you.
1: Welcome to another episode of Value-Based Care Insights. I'm your host, Daniel Marino. In today's episode, we're going to spend some time talking about strategic planning. Through a lot of the work that we do with organizations, through hospitals, through physician leadership, and so forth, we spend a lot of time helping these leaders understand what are their strategic goals, their strategic initiatives, how to align the organization around where they wanna go as as future goals and, and so forth. And some of the organizations actually do a pretty good job of activating the strategic initiatives while others struggle. And I've often wondered, well, what's the differentiator? Why have some leaders struggled with activating their strategic plans while others have really succeeded? And in having conversations with other folks, And in really thinking about the activation successes, it's come down to one important element, and that's the leadership. And what I've discovered is that as the strategic plan is being developed, it's equally important to continue to develop the leadership. I'm really pleased today to be joined by my colleague and friend, Dr. Doug McKinley. Doug is a clinical psychologist, has a tremendous amount of experience in leadership development. As a matter of fact, he wrote a fantastic book, The Resiliency Quest, where he spends some time talking about the key elements in leadership and motivating physicians and driving a lot of the goals that we talked about today. Doug, welcome to the program. Very happy to have you here.
2: Thanks, Dan. Good to be here.
1: So Doug, I know you've done quite a bit of work with leadership development, um, helping to pull teams together, helping to help some of these these leaders understand the key elements that are gonna drive some of this success. And some of the work that you've done, maybe you could speak a little bit to some of the challenges that you've seen and and why leadership development is, is so important for organizations, especially as they move forward with their strategies.
2: Yeah, thanks, Dan. I think uh, I, 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 some people don't prefer sports analogies, but I like them because they're kind of tidy. They're kind of like you had a season, you know, like a strategic plan. And uh, let me just say, if we were going to put a team together, and let's call it football, since we're in that season, and we didn't plan for uh, players being injured, or we didn't plan for any adversity. and we just say we're just going to have a great year and we build a strategy here's how we're going to win and we don't really think about the players and their resiliency and how they're going to play together it would be kind of silly right <laughs> so so i think the thing i run into is people even i mean dan you know this sometimes they don't even really have a clear strategy so that's point number one and but if they do let's assume they do if they haven't really taken a time to think about who's going to be actually acting on that strategy and what the verbs are, what the behaviors, the success behaviors are that are going to help us accomplish it. It's, it's going to be uh, it's going to be a real conundrum. So I think the biggest challenge I run into is people just don't think about leadership and team cohesiveness as a strategic anchor. They I, overlook I, it. I absolutely <laughs> that, agree with
1: you. Absolutely yeah. agree with you. And when we work with organizations, and, and I've had the opportunity um, to work with many hospitals, health systems, physician groups around the country in developing their strategic plans, we focus on four things, Doug. We focus on kind of defining the why, what, and how you're going to do it. We then focus on the value proposition that really speaks to the goal and what you want to get out of the strategic plan. Third, we really focus on what is going to be required for success, that commitment. But the fourth element that we talk about is culture. Now we don't go into the culture drivers, but we really assess whether the organization in their current state has what it takes to achieve the strategic goals, or is there a evolution that has to occur in their culture. So given those four elements that I talked about for strategic planning, in your opinion, how does the leadership development need to complement the strategic planning process?
2: Well, first of all, it needs to, right? So it it needs to be considered. So if we're going to do that, and it's again, if you think, if you don't assess culture and the vehicle through which you're going to drive your strategy. It's just a big mistake. So I think they need to be complementary. Um, a lot of times when I listen, especially when I watch you lead a strategic session, Dan, it, and I look around the room and I think there's no way this team could pull that off. I, I love what you're coming up with, but I, I'm looking at the players and first of all, we don't even have clarity or agreement. I think agreement's an undervalued um, I don't know what to call it—an uh, undervalued competency. Getting to yeah. agreement uh, as a leadership team and as a cross-functional team is really hard, and yeah. you can't just assume it.
1: No, I, I agree. I agree. You know, <laughs> good. You've got agreement. Good. <laughs> we've had some. We've spent some time talking about that, and I think, you know, the basis of agreement is trust. And right. you're a huge proponent of that. You've talked about that where there has to be um innate trust in the leadership team um from there you know you kind of speak to uh accountability and driving results and and frankly that commitment which i think is critical in that strategic planning process and oftentimes what i see to your point is that that's really overlooked i, I don't think the leaders really look at that and maybe it's because they don't want to put themselves out there and they don't want to be vulnerable but um I, I think as, as we start to think about the successes of these plans, you can't activate them unless or activate them properly to the success that you want if you don't take those things into consideration.
2: Yeah, they, they say that culture eats strategy for lunch or something like that. I forget. Is that what the phrase is?
1: Yeah. <laughs> it's, culture it's, eats strategy for lunch every day, something like that.
2: Yeah. So if that, if that were really true, if people really believed that, then... This conversation wouldn't be so novel. I just di- I just don't know that people really have agreed on that or not. It's a it's a nice posture. and It's a nice marketing message. And the times when I would get in and really start rolling up my sleeves, working on culture, people really want to get to the tactics and the behavior. Get to the uh, you know solving problems. They don't they don't really want to talk about culture. So it's a big challenge. I get it you know, if you're a results oriented organization, you want to just want to drive for results, you want to get things done. And my suggestion is that you just have to take time to pull back a little bit and stand back and look at how you're working together. And so yeah, the first the four things that you have your four things the four things that I'm trained in being part of the Kappa Pro, you know, table group Lencioni program is that we we have to have team cohesiveness. Then we got to build clarity which is the strategic plan then we have to commute over communicate that plan and then fourthly we you know we need to reinforce it and hardwire it into our you know into our behaviors so that team cohesiveness is again people just assume that because we're a team we're going to work well together and that's where these five behaviors become critical and i think that's one of the things you you wanted me to just touch on dan yeah,
1: the five behaviors, because again, I feel like, um, those are either sometimes are taken for granted or, um, you know, it's, it's in speaking to many of the leaders, you get so wrapped up in the, in the day-to-day activities. There's a lot of pressure on these leaders today. Right. So we do a right. lot more crisis management and a lot of our daily activities. Then we do a lot of planning the day, so to speak. Um, And understanding these behaviors that are critical in driving the success, you know, everything starts from the top, right? These leaders have to provide a good example to their middle managers, to their staff. Um, And I've heard you speak about these behaviors. Why don't don't you spend a couple of minutes going over them? I think that would be real helpful.
2: Yeah, let me just quickly. and And they were originally, the author originally outlined them as dysfunctions. So he he basically said that the five dysfunctions of a team is the inability to have trust. And if you have no trust, then you're clearly not gonna have healthy conflict. And if there's no healthy conflict, then how are you going to agree on things to a commitment, which is the third behavior? Well, accountability is the fourth dysfunction. There's there's just, what are we holding people accountable to if we don't have those four things and those three things in place? And then the last behavior is your results. So trust, conflict, commitment, accountability and results. And the results, you know, I could be very productive. It's like a sports team analogy again, Dan. I could be a great athlete and our team could suck, right? Nice. It, the, re, the results have to be that we win together as a team, not that I'm building my stats. And we work at healthcare and it's easy for really great clinicians nurses, doctors, all of them to feel like, hey, I'm, I'm doing my thing. I've got my surgical field in and I'm really good and forget that they're part of a huge ecosystem. Yeah, And so you the know, results then, have to be focused on those, they have to be focused on organizational wins, not personal wins. Go ahead.
1: So it was a, you know, we, we obviously did a lot of work in supporting men um, in healthcare systems uh, during COVID. And I saw many of the leaders um, in their response to COVID took a very um, top-down approach, right? Right. To think of an approach to figuring out how they want to respond to COVID, um, manage some of the interactions with doctors and patients, telehealthing. And one of them basically said, you know, we're going to do telehealth and we're going to implement it in the next couple of weeks. So it, it was a very authoritative type of a style of leadership that many organizations put in place. And frankly, I think it was needed, right? And many right. Of the, because it was a scary time, many of the staff and employees, of course, looked to the leaders to provide that level of direction. And I think many of the, the leaders did a great job responding. But I but I also found a year after COVID that it, it's been very difficult for the organization to get back to more of a decentralized sort of management style, where you're able to delegate some activities there, and ensure that there's some level of, of accountability, and I don't know if it's because the leadership um, certainly has some bruises and and certainly some some still the recent sure. and thinking that occurred within COVID, but some of the things that you've mentioned, you know. Driving uh, commitment, accountability, building that trust—I believe many of them want to, but it's been very hard for them to get back to where they were from a management style pre-COVID, um, in, in this post-COVID environment. Any thoughts on that?
2: Yeah, I think it's it's very simple. It's because they didn't trust the people to to help them do it. They they be we call this heroic leadership, Dan. And that's what happened during COVID is the the companies that organizations were that were not healthy already, they had to enlist heroes. They had to bring in superpowers to pull off this heroic measure. And that's they, they saved the day. Then you go back and everybody felt like, you know, well, I guess I'm not that important because the person with the cape flew in, did, saved the day. And some there's some there's some amazing people out there that did do heroic things. But that's not a healthy organization. That's a top down or a, you know, a specialized thing. And so they've lost the trust of their of their players. The people people all want to feel appreciated and valued for their strengths. And when you go into heroic leadership moves like what some organizations did during COVID, then you know you're you're basically putting people on the bench, and and they feel discouraged. So we've right. got to. It was, a big, it was a mistake if they did that, and now it's not a matter of going back to the way it was. It's a matter of actually creating an, a healthy organization so that they can actually allow people to use their beautiful gifts. So, yeah, it's, right. a, it's a real challenge.
1: Yep, you're absolutely right. If you're just joining us, if you're just tuning in, I'm Daniel Marino. You're listening to Value-Based Care Insights. I am here today with Dr. Doug McKinley. We are talking about the need to align leadership development with strategic planning, and, and the successes and the challenges around that. So, so Doug, when you when you think about organizations on kind of building that trust factor, um, what what are some of the key things that that you see or that you're working with some of the leaders on on building? that level of trust and, and, and it kind of gets me back to one comment that I've heard you make 20 times as, as you've worked with, as I've had the opportunity to, to work with you on, on, on different engagements, you've mentioned that healthy adaptive leadership creates effective strategy. So when when you, when you think through that comment, when you think through that quote, trust has to be an underlying factor, right? So sure. what, what are some of those key things that, you know, you, we begin to work on with leaders that helps them kind of advance or pull together that trust factor.
2: Well, I think the key word in that quote is adaptive, right? So if, let's just say today's a, you know, we're, we're whatever day, let's say today's a Wednesday and we go out and we plan our day. And if, if it's like, if it's like most operational things, it never goes as we plan. And so for me to, to be, so rigid in how I wanna get things done, so as to say, it's gotta go my way. It has to go perfectly. If I'm not adaptive, then how am I gonna enlist trust and vulnerability amongst the team where we can actually juggle those, those tender moments? So I think the first key of building trust is we need leaders that are willing to be vulnerable and admit, hey, this isn't going as we planned. We need to pivot right now and i need to tell you i'm not sure where we're going i'm not even sure what our next move is but i'm glad you're with me and let's do this together as opposed to what i think heroic leaders do is they hide that and then they just drive expectations without enlisting their team so trust is trust is a currency and it's it's alive it's dynamic it ebbs and flows like a like and like sort of the current, like money does, the value of something. And you have to, you have to, you have to value it. Trust, trust is a currency. You have to value it and not break that trust by demanding or yelling or, you know, being being disappointed in people when things don't go as planned because they often don't. And I, I, I love that.
1: Trust is a currency. I, I, I absolutely love that. And, you know, when we're, when we work with organizations, with leaders on developing their strategic plans, their strategic initiatives. It's really that, right? I mean, we, we don't know because of ball. you don't know exactly what's going to happen right. in one year, two or three years, right? So it's right. a little scary, but you've got, I mean, you really the only thing you have that supports that is trust and you need to have trust. But one of the key things that I think that you, you've alluded to as you think about, as you talk about that, that adaptability, it's really around Being agile and, you know, and I've heard you talk about this before, being a highly impactful, agile leader and the competencies that go into that. And, you know, what I've seen is I kind of think about the different health systems and those CEOs that have been successful. Some of the key attributes that I found is they're, you know, they're not afraid to be vulnerable. They're not afraid to admit a mistake. They provide strong direction to their team. Um, and they really focus on on being, on, on, on developing that trust with their immediate team, but also with, you know, more of the the junior managers, as well as the employees. How does being an agile leader, or maybe the agile leadership competencies that are so important, how does that figure in?
2: Well, it, it starts with trust, right? So you have to I think the, the where I, if you if you were really listening and this made sense to you, I would start with do I trust myself? So I think self leadership is is another undervalued uh, competency. Do am I am I clear about who I am and what I'm doing and why I'm doing it? So that when I am engaged with my teammates, um, they're clear about who I am. So I think self leadership is one of the one of the key things that. If, if you're if you're clear about who you are, then you can show up in a <clears throat> in a way that allows the uh, the people around you to feel comfortable with you. And the first thing you got to do is if you're wrong, you got to say, you know what, I'm, I'm wrong. Right. I don't hear that very often. I don't know about wow. you, but it it's you know what? I was wrong. I was wrong about you. I was wrong about the strategy. I over, you know, I overvalued, you know, the market trends and I, you know, I'm sorry I got us off track. What do you guys think? Right? Yeah. Just just be you don't hear it. very it's, yeah. it's that's adaptive. It's being it's being honest to the moment. Yes, last month we said we were gonna go here. It's not working. Let's just admit it. It was my idea. Instead, what I usually see is people say, Well, I don't know who came up with that idea, but that was dumb. And then we judge and shame each other. Now the trust currency bank account goes down. And Brene Brown says that vulnerability is the, it's the uh, precursor for innovation. Like if you really want to have an adaptive, innovative strategy that can be flexible in in the marketplace, you have to be vulnerable with each other, and that comes yeah. that, right. that comes through through being honest and you know and building trust with one another. So, it's I know I'm kind of uh, it sounds squishy, but it's not. It's actually real business. Savvy to be to to build trust, bank accounts with your team. Yeah,
1: no, I I agree, and you know we're faced with so many challenges, right? Those characteristics around strategic planning and strategic initiatives and leadership development are are, are so critical, Doug, to to driving the success of organizations.
2: Yeah, and it's it's interesting. If let's say you have a great leadership team, and, and I and I know you you and I both worked with them, you have to assume that somebody on that team might leave, right? right. They're going to get, they're going to get recruited somewhere else. And so if you don't have a a way, an ecosystem where trust and vulnerability is valued, you're not going to be able to pivot when that happens. You yeah. know, if you're, if, if you're an orchestra conductor, and your and your first chair violinist, or your, you know, your best, your solo artist leaves, you you don't not have the concert, you have people in place, you have a bench strength, you have a system, an ecosystem where people want to step up and be a part of leadership. And so this isn't about building the perfect team. That's what I tell people all the time. You're not trying to find exactly the right people with the right chemistry. It's actually, it's it's practicing these five behaviors in a healthy way. And people can come and go off the team and we all can work together. Yeah. And that's I, a big, that's a big distinction. Yeah. Big distinction,
1: big distinction. But I think if organizations and it's a journey, right? I mean, you don't just, you don't just flip the switch and or buy a program or read a book and put these things in place. It is no. a journey right. as organizations go through this. So, you know, in, in closing, Doug, for a lot of our listeners today, um, Any pieces of advice, any words of wisdom, other than you know this the conversation we had and a lot of wisdom and a lot of great great insight here. Any final thoughts you might want to share?
2: Yeah, I heard I heard a really uh, Patrick Lencioni gave a nice term recently that I'm going to share with your audience. He called it um, he called it organizational health insurance. (laughs) He said he said we're heading into a tough time. We just came out of a tough time, and now we're we're likely going into a recession and I really think you need to sit down with your, if you're listening to this and you're on a leadership team, sit down with your leadership team and just just look at what are the key indicators of what it looks like to be, a lot of teams want to be smart and not healthy, right? You, I'm, I'm sure most of the people on your team, including your, you listening, are smart, but is it a healthy environment for where people can actually plant their gifts and really invest and do great things together? So I would say sit down and build an organizational uh, health insurance plan, which is build a cohesive team and get clear about who it is and what we're trying to accomplish. Strategy is mm-hmm. great, but strategy is great. But it, I really believe culture and team and healthy organization is is probably, it, it, I don't know if it each strategy for lunch, but it's equally as important. So I agree. Just, I mean take a need, take a minute and think about it. That's all I'm asking people. Yeah, to do. you need to
1: really have both
2: of those elements,
1: and it is so important because you know, having one and not the other, you won't be successful. So I I agree. Well, Doug, this was great. I, I want to thank you for your time. I know you're very busy. Um, real quick, if, if anybody wants to get a hold of you, any thoughts on uh how they can reach out? LinkedIn. Yeah, my or,
2: website is Doug it's pretty easy <laughs> so yeah. you could you could find me there i have a podcast like you dan it's called leadership currency podcast so you can find that through the website doug thank you uh,
1: and it's a great podcast so i commend you for that and uh, love i love listening to a great topics so thank our listeners today for for joining in um hope you enjoyed the conversation as much as i did until the next Insight, I am Daniel Moreno, bringing you 30 minutes of value into your day. Take care.
0: Are you at a crossroad with value-based care? Do you need to chart a future strategy or improve your organization's performance? Visit us at luminahv.com to learn more about our professional advisory services and leadership development programs. Also, you can sign up for our newsletter on our website and follow us on Twitter and LinkedIn. To connect with Daniel Marino or for more information about the show, visit our website or healthcarenowradio.com. Join this conversation using our hashtag #VBCInsights. insights. We are Lumina Health Partners. Thank you for joining us today. Until the next value-based care insight, stay well.